Can you hear me now? Now we can. Well, good morning. How's that? (laughs) Welcome to Faith Community United Methodist Church. It is good to be with you. This morning, we are talking about what it means to be cared for, what it means to be shared with, and and the other way around. So I am encouraging you this morning to be uh, considering what it means to be cared for. Be thinking about those in your life that have shared their life with you and have brought you to where you are today. We are in here because our God cares for us so much. And Jesus Christ shared his life with us. So in the midst of all of that, we are here to worship. I want to turn your attention to uh, our many announcements that are uh, in your bulletin this morning. Up front, I want to remind everybody, or maybe not even reminding, letting you know that our office administrator, Deb Platty, is on vacation the next couple of weeks. The office will be open. Our volunteers will be running the office. and uh, So just know that we're open, but if you are wanting to talk to Deb, she will not be available. Uh, also, SBRC and the Christian education teams will be meeting this week, so if you're on those, make note of that. As you can see this morning, we have our shoes for the shoeless, but there is, if you have not been able to participate and you would like to, there's still one more day at the uh, shoe carnival where they are going to be having the discount for us Uh, and also I believe they're also doing the the end of the the tax-free weekend Uh, they're honoring that uh, tomorrow uh, today and tomorrow as well Um, just a reminder that on the 20th of August we will be uh, not having worship here we will be at the park with uh, many churches from the community Uh, to let the community know that we are unified in Jesus Christ. There are a couple announcements that are at the end of your bulletin list of things, and I want you to draw your attention to them. Uh, There's going to be a series of training classes that are going to be offered, uh, and we're calling this Proactively Planning for Your Future. And this is about uh, us being good stewards of our lives and our, our resources, Uh, looking into the future. Uh, So there's going to be several different uh, things that are going to be the focus of each of those. And the first one is explaining the advanced directives. Uh, When you go into a hospital, they ask you, you know, certain questions about what you would like for them to do. And that's what the advanced directives are. And there's more uh, to that information available to you. There'll be, like I said, three or four of those training types of things to help us plan well for our future. The the second thing I want to talk to you about is uh, we've been using the motto or the tagline or the mission statement of sharing faith, building community. And as a part of that, we are looking to see how we can live into that better. And a couple of the things that we're looking to expand on is to create some small groups, and we're calling them meet meets because that's where we want to begin. If we meet together and eat together, we will begin to learn how to share our life of faith together. And so we're looking for some folks to help start that, some hosts uh, that would be willing to begin doing that. And it can be surrounded by your friends, by people in your neighborhood, by people at the same life stage. It doesn't matter. If you're willing to be someone that wants to help start that, uh, let me know. And the second part, we want to build a, a hospitality team that will focus on Sunday morning and helping us be uh, a gathering group before and after worship to share conversations and beginning to share uh, more together. Uh, So if you're interested in being part of that kind of team that would help facilitate that, also see me so that we can begin uh, to work on those kinds of things to make them available as we share our faith and build community within our congregation and our larger community. So with that, I want us to be drawn closer to the Lord as we begin, as we uh, are brought to that place through the prelude.
Good morning, and thank you, Carol. That was beautiful. It's so good to have you back. If you would call, if you would call, if you would stand as you are able for our call to worship. Come, all who are hungry and thirsty. Come this day to the table of the Lord. Come to this time of gathering and praise. And if you would remain standing for our opening hymn, When Morning Gilds the Skies, number 185 in your Methodist hymnal. If we would join together in our prayer as printed in your bulletin. Our Father, whoops, am I, do I have the right one? I do. Okay. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed. Okay. <laughs> to hear your words our hearts to feel your presence, and our spirits to receive your healing touch. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm sorry, I'll get it together here. Could we have the children down front, please? Okay, come on, kids.
So if I could get you two to go over and just put your hands on the shoes on that side. And if you two could come over here and put your hands on these shoes on this side. Just put your hands up here. Just touch them. Really good. And let's bless these shoes today. Gracious and merciful God, we are grateful that you have called for us to be those who care and share. We ask that you would bless these shoes that are before us that have come from many in this congregation. And as we had mentioned, another congregation is joining with us over at Union. Lord, we ask that you be the one who is going with the shoes, that you would meet those that put these shoes on, these children that are, find themselves in a place where the need is greater than what they have. So Lord, we'd ask that in our caring and sharing, that they truly will be blessed and encouraged that they are not alone, that their community does care for them, and that through our ministry that we have here, it would be one that would shine the light of Christ to them. That they would see that there is more to who we are than just being someone who gives them something. But that we are followers of Jesus. And that Jesus is there for everyone. And Jesus is the one who brings us to the point in our lives where we truly can care and share for others. We ask this blessing upon these shoes and these children in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys for your help. And our prayer hymn this morning is Break Thou the Bread of Life, number 599, in your hymnal. As we continue our theme for the day of caring and sharing, this is a time when we can consider all those that are in our lives that are in need of care, that are in need of us sharing with them. So as we go into this time of prayer, there are those within our congregation that are in need of our prayers. So be mindful of all that is within our community and those within our families. Let us go before our Lord in prayer. Amazing and loving God, we have come today 
We have come from many different places of mind and heart. Not only just different parts of our community here, but different places within. Lord, we ask that you would draw us in so that we are very close to you. That we are able to see those around us in a different way. The way that your son Jesus Christ looked upon folks that were in his midst. Lord, we know what it means to be cared for. We know what it means for someone else to share their life with us. And we are grateful. Lord, we need encouragement today. Encouragement to be the one that is doing the caring and sharing. The one that is able to walk into a situation of the unknown and sometimes to the known. Lord, we know that there are some that are ailing this morning. We have good friends that are in the care of hospice. We have good friends that are in the hospital or have come home from the hospital and are recovering. So Lord, we just ask that you would be mindful uh, of being able to encourage us to bring those to mind that we know of and, and to take a step into their lives. We ask that you would be there and be present, Lord, but we know that you say you always are. But you also call us to be your hands and feet. May your Holy Spirit be the power that is part of the healing. And that in our walking alongside, we can share our lives to, <clears throat> to join in that healing. As we know, as we come together, we sense joy, we sense hope, we sense there is goodness, and it brings us peace and comfort. Or we sense you, we sense your presence here in this place and in our own lives. Thank you for who you are. And that your love is something that overwhelms us, that consumes us. When we open ourselves to you. Lord, help us to be vulnerable with you and with one another. As we continue to grow as a body of Christ here in this community. To share our faith and build community. Let us now share together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We are the church and we have responded in, in many ways this morning as bringing the shoes for the shoeless uh, is what we call this ministry of us learning to know what it means to be in need but also to know what it means to meet the needs. As we continue to be the church in this community, it requires us continually to give back a portion of what we've been given. Ushers, would you please wait upon us?
Please join in the prayer of dedication. Source of compassion, you meet our needs. May our gifts become a source of compassion to meet others' needs. May our offerings become love and light for those who feel lost and afraid. Bless our lives and our ministries that we may be a people who share our abundance with those who live in want. In our caring and in our sharing, may our communities be blessed in your name. Amen. If you please remain standing for the reading of the Gospel. Our Gospel reading this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 through 21, and is the story of feeding the 5,000. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat, privately, to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. The Word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. You don't want to stand for this. Well, I have had the privilege of going on multiple mission trips with uh, youth groups uh, over the past 20 years. Uh, we partnered with other churches and mission groups that offered these experiences to help them fulfill their mission. Each mission group uh, structured their trips uh, similarly. Uh, there were usually morning devotions before heading out to the work sites or ministry sites to serve for several hours of each day. In the evening, we would eat, we would have some free time, and then spend time in worship and other faith-oriented activities followed by some hangout time before lights out. I have always been impressed by how well these groups uh, functioned. And as structured as they were, it was clear to me that they were open to adjusting any part of the day, depending on what the day brought. Every day could have been seen as a challenge, but for these groups, it seemed as every day was just an opportunity to express their faith. Their faith and their experience in the mission field was always on display. It was amazing to me to witness how, how they responded to constant revelations of unexpected needs. They didn't roll their eyes, close their eyes, or turn and walk away. They cared for those in front of them and shared what they had. Now what that looked like was different for every situation, but the response was the same. The response I witnessed by these mission groups reflects what I see from Jesus in our passage. So today I want us to consider what evidence expressed that we care and share like Christ. 
Now, this is a familiar story uh, for most of us. It is one we read and listen to that amazes us because of the unbelievable miracle that unfolded. I think we also assume that Matthew wrote it to highlight Jesus' miraculous powers. Now, that may be true, but if that is the case, then why doesn't he describe the, the reactions of the or the disciples of this extraordinary feast in that remote place. Matthew does, however, describe Jesus' and the disciples' response to the unexpected crowd and the undeniable need that the day brought. So when they encountered, uh, what they encountered wasn't on their schedule for the day. Because they had just found out that Jesus' cousin and partner in ministry, John the Baptist, was beheaded by Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee. Perhaps in an effort to grieve, to reflect on his ministry going forward and to leave the politically charged region of Herod's rule, they went across the Sea of Galilee to the region ruled by Philip the Tetrarch. Matthew described... When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed the sick. So I ask you, have you ever wanted to just get away from everything, even if for a moment, but everywhere you went? Someone was there asking you for something. How did that make you feel? Frustrated, irritated, maybe angry? Now these feelings are understandable, but as followers of Christ, how we respond in the moments matter. We are witnesses of Jesus wherever we are and whenever opportunities arise for us to care for someone, or to share something that we have to offer. Now, the text doesn't specifically tell us how Jesus felt. But if we put ourselves in his shoes in this story, we can imagine what we would feel. Jesus was able to set aside whatever it was uh, he was feeling after he took the time to see the crowd that was waiting on him. Jesus didn't just notice a large crowd was there. He truly saw them. He saw their need, and then he even saw past their need into their hearts. In doing so, his heart moved him to respond, not out of frustration or anger, but from a place of compassion. You see, we show evidence of caring and sharing like Christ when we respond to ministry opportunities out of a compassionate heart. But friends, let's be honest and confess to one another that being compassionate it isn't always easy for us, is it? The reason for this is that our natural tendency is selfishness, whereas the definition of compassion is concern for others. Do you see the problem? To respond from a place of compassion on a more consistent basis, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to work on our hearts. To help us to see others, their need and their hearts, like Jesus does. The mission organizations and churches that I have worked with on these uh, mission trips it was clear that they were led by Christ followers with a compassionate heart. They didn't turn a blind eye to their surroundings, and they truly saw the people around them. They allowed the concern of others to become their concern, and when an opportunity came for them to address a need, they had compassion and cared for them. So here's my hope, that we, you and me, first recognize that, well, we are a mission organization. We are the church of Jesus Christ. 
And second, we open up our hearts. We open our hearts to Jesus and allow ourselves to be vulnerable with the Spirit and observant to see our community with compassionate hearts. If we can do this, it will prepare us to respond to the, the ministry opportunities that each new day brings us. If we look at it at this point in the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000, the disciples themselves did not see the crowd in the same way as Jesus. They were not responding out of a compassionate heart. Matthew explained. He says, As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. So for hours, Jesus had been caring for the crowd, performing miracles of healing for one person after another. Jesus' focus wasn't on the time of day, but on the concerns of the people. So don't let the disciples' desire to send the crowds away to get some food be confused by uh, and with being concerned for the crowd. Sure, it is likely the disciples were assisting Jesus with crowd control while Jesus was healing those brought to him. So it seems to me that they were tired and hungry themselves and were quite frankly ready to call it a day. When Jesus told them to feed the crowd, they probably didn't think he was serious at first or even believe what he was saying. Because they knew that Jesus knew they didn't have enough food with them for everyone. So even so, they told him, said, Jesus, we don't have this. We have very little. Assuming that he would logically come to their understanding and respond by sending the crowds away. That's where the disciples went wrong. Their vision was short-sighted. They were dependent on logic alone and focused on the limited resources they had. They didn't even take into account that Jesus was there as a resource, even after witnessing miracle after miracle all day long. Well, it's easy for us to see our limitations and to use the, them as excuses to not respond to ministry opportunities that come our way. However, if we consider who we are in mission with and recognize his access to resources far and wide, then we shouldn't turn away based on logic alone. If we trust that Jesus has led us to a crowd or to an individual, whatever it may be, then we should also believe that God will provide in some way. Caring and sharing like Jesus is evident when we respond with a vision of God's abundant provision. Having a Christ-like view, it doesn't mean that we won't have to put in some effort or even a lot of effort for the resources to emerge. During one of my trips, we were sent to an elderly woman's mobile home to fix uh, what was, we were told, the stairs on her porch. As we were uh, evaluating the job, we realized, well, the condition of the porch was pretty bad. We talked to our crew leader, and, and we suggested, well, we shouldn't put new stairs on a porch that was about to collapse. He agreed with us, but he also said, we didn't prepare for this. But he went on and he asked us to determine what resources we needed to replace the whole porch. So we provided a list, and from that moment, the crew leader went to work, and he worked to, to get some materials that we needed. The next day, he, he brought enough for us to get started. 
And as we were working, some of our group, we, we started calculating what it would cost to get the rest. And by the end of the day, we came up with the donations from our group to buy the remaining materials. The right vision makes a difference in the way that we respond. Now Jesus takes what we have, what we have to share, and multiplies it to meet the needs of the mission that is before us. We can see this in Jesus' response to the disciples offering the five loaves and the, and the two fish. Jesus said, bring them here to me. And then he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, and he gave thanks and he broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the people. Now, Jesus often shared that he didn't do anything on his own. He only said and did what his father had asked of him. From the beginning of Jesus' ministry, we know that the Spirit was with him. The Spirit was his guide and the source of divine power within him to carry out his mission. So we can be assured that Jesus was led by the Spirit to take the bread and the fish and multiply it to feed the 5,000. Jesus didn't do this on his own. The first thing he did when he took the bread was to praise God and thank his Father for what they already had to share. Then he trusted the Lord would provide as he, he broke the loaves and shared it with the disciples who in turn shared it with the crowd. As I think about this, I think each time the bread was broken and shared with faith, there was more to break and share. Friends, here's what I want us to take to heart today. If we have been given the Holy Spirit as our guide and, our, and the source of divine power to be Christ's representatives in the world, Jesus was obedient to the Spirit's leading all the way to the cross for us. The Spirit is leading us in our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ through the ministry of the church, the body of Christ. It is evident that we are caring and sharing like Christ when we respond to the Spirit's leading with obedience. I don't know about you, but I can't believe that the Spirit isn't leading us somewhere. Do something. Where are we being led? Will we be obedient? You see, obedience to the Lord results in blessing for everyone within the reach of the obedient response. Matthew concluded, he says, They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides women and children. These numbers are astounding. They speak to the magnitude of the miracle of divine multiplication. Aside from the, the numbers, there are a couple of things that stick out to me. First, that all were satisfied. The, the miracle of multiplying resources and the effort of, of sharing it continued until all were satisfied. All were reached. And, and second, there wasn't just enough. There were leftovers. Jesus didn't share enough to hold them over. Jesus shared an exceedingly generous portion. It is evident that we care and share like Christ when we respond with extravagant generosity. There are lots of organizations that are generous in their response to carrying out their mission. Jesus takes generosity to a whole other level. Again, for us to grow in our likeness of Christ, 
We are dependent on the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts as we give more and more of ourselves to Jesus. A response of extravagant generosity will be noticed by anyone who is the beneficiary. And when that happens, we can give all the glory to God and share Jesus Christ with them. Here's what we can count on. Jesus' mission and ministry is always before us. So we should always be ready to respond in a way that expresses that we care and share like Jesus. The evidence is clear when we respond to ministry opportunities that come our way with compassionate hearts with a vision of God's abundant provision, with obedience to the Spirit's leading, and with an extravagant generosity. So may the Holy Spirit transform our hearts to truly see our community as Jesus does, and then respond like Him too. Amen. morning we have the opportunity to be cared for through the sharing of Holy Communion. This is a sharing of the body of Christ and the blood poured out for us. God has given this to us in order for us to experience God's grace through the presence of Jesus Christ. The Lord invites all to his table. All who are seeking to be one with God, one with each other, and one with the world. Let us come to this table with a mindset of knowing our need of a Savior. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus was always the guest at someone's table. In the homes of Peter and Jairus, Martha and Mary, Joanna and Susanna, he was always the guest. At the meal tables of the wealthy, where he pled the case of the poor, he was always the guest. Upsetting polite company, befriending isolated people, welcoming the stranger, he was always the guest. But here at this table, Jesus is the host. Those who wish to serve him must first be served by him. Those who want to follow him must first be fed by him. And those who would wash his feet must first let him make them clean. For this is the table where God intends us to be nourished. This is the time when Christ will make us new. So come, you who are hunger, who hunger and thirst for a deeper faith, a fuller life, or a better world. Jesus Christ, who has sat at our tables, now invites us to be the guest at His. Please join me in this community communion prayer that is listed in your bulletin and maybe on the screens as well. Holy God, we praise you, for you are the one from whom we will return. You conceived the universe, wove the world together, and hold all life in your hand. You watch us waking or sleeping. You keep every tear that we shed. You hear every prayer we make. You know both our best and our worst, and you will not let us go. So with rain, wind, and sunshine, with all that moves in time, with its maker, we praise you. 
Father Almighty, we praise you for Christ's life, which informs our living for his compassion, which changes our hearts, for his clear speaking, for his disturbing presence, his innocent suffering, his courageous dying, his rising to life and breathing forgiveness. We praise you and worship him. Merciful God, send now in kindness your Holy Spirit to rest on converting us from the patterns of this passing world until we conform to the shape of the one whose food we now share. Amen. Among friends gathered around the table, Jesus took bread and he broke it and said, This is my body which has been broken for you. Later he took the cup and said, This is the relationship with God made possible because of my death. Take it, all of you, in remembrance of me. Christ, whom the universe could not contain, is present to us in the breaking of this bread. Christ, who redeemed us and called us by name, now meets us in the sharing of this cup. So take this bread and this cup. In this meal, God comes to us so that we may come to God. Amen. The table is set before us. We will be receiving in the pews. We will pass out the elements one at a time, and we will share the bread first together, and then we'll pass the cup and share the cup together. So if you will, hold the cup and the bread till the end until I ask for us to take it together. This is the body of Christ which has been broken and given for us. Take and eat as you remember all that Christ stands for.
Jesus said to his disciples, This is my blood poured out for you. As a new covenant. A covenant that binds us together as one in Christ. Take and drink. Please join me in the prayer after communion that is available for you. O God, we give you thanks for uniting us as the body of Christ and for filling us with joy at this table. Lead us toward the unity of your church and help us treasure signs of reconciliation. Now that we have tasted the banquet you have prepared for us, May we one day feast together in your heavenly city. Through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, ever one God, world without end. Amen. If you'll stand for our closing hymn, Standing on the Promises, 374. of God. There are others that are around us that are not, who do not understand even what that may mean for them. 
And as we stand on the promises of God, we can be those that share it with the world. So go in peace, knowing where you stand. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.